Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we've been talking about the run-up to President Biden's speech tonight, again, his first before a joint session of Congress, we've been talking about the different things that uh, he will roll out, uh, how he will do that, what the uh, response will look like from uh, the Republicans And I wanted to bring in uh, Representative Brian King, uh, who is the leader of the Utah House Democratic Caucus, to get some perspective, both in terms of what he hopes he hears from the president and then also uh, look at what that means to us right here in the state of Utah. Representative King, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Boyd. Good to be with you. So as you're listening tonight, uh, what are some of the things you're hoping to hear uh, from the president? Well, it's interesting. You know, he's done some things in this first 100 days that have been remarkable. He's, of course, done great things on COVID. I think that that rolled out faster in terms of vaccinations, faster than anybody expected uh, and and in a more efficient way than uh, we envisioned, and that's been to the benefit of everybody. Then last uh, month, he came out with this uh, American Jobs Act that talks about some of the things that uh, he's doing to build back infrastructure and things like that, and Uh, I think that'll be beneficial, primarily because it addresses things that people need in their day-to-day lives. It's not a bunch of theoretical social issues or cultural war kinds of things. It's stuff that people talk about and worry about and think about over their dinner tables. How are we going to make ends meet? What kind of jobs am I going to have? Are we going to be able to have transportation, communication systems that work? My understanding is that what he's going to be talking about tonight is an extension of that same kind of day-to-day things that people are concerned about and that they worry about involving uh, education and uh, child care tax credits and child tax credits more particularly to help uh, families with kids and help individuals who are struggling to figure out how they're going to educate themselves to prepare for the future uh, that you know we're going to come up with some ideas and some proposals to address those basic things that people really need to worry about and that they are concerned about in their day-to-day lives. And I'm happy about that. That's a good thing. Yeah, and I I do think there are some uh, clear wins that the president can uh, proclaim. And again, I think he has to be somewhat careful of those. He he doesn't want a a mission accomplished moment uh, or a spike the ball moment uh, before he gets to the end zone on those. And so that kind of restraint, I don't think the president would have that issue, but the speechwriters might have... (laughs) Some challenges there, but let's let's get to the practical, tactical stuff. Some of that that you laid out, uh, you've done a lot of work where you've simply had to work across the aisle to get some things done, some important legislation around uh, guns and gun safety in the state, uh, a host of other issues. Is there one thing 
you think the president could lay out there where you could he could just really say, OK, we we get this and, and Republicans and Democrats uh, can all come together uh, on this issue uh, to do something positive and, and to show the American people uh, that Washington governing can actually work? Yeah, well, it's a it's a good question. And I think there is something a couple of things he when we, uh, when Congress and passed and the president signed back in, I think it was January or February, the bill that uh, the first major piece of legislation that he had uh, to put in place some uh, tax relief in light of COVID, there was an extension of child tax credits yeah. by up to almost four thousand dollars a year, but it was a temporary thing. And one of the things that my understanding is he's going to be announcing tonight is an extension through. Uh, for another two or three years, or, or maybe even longer, of those child tax credits. And the reason that's important is because, you know, it's one thing for, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't have children around the home to struggle to make ends meet. There are plenty of those folks. But the people who really we're concerned about are that are most vulnerable are families with young children who struggle to provide those kids with the necessities. And so I think it's just a winner all the way around, regardless of what party you belong to or regardless what level of government you're at. I'm at state government. Other people are at federal. Other elected officials are at local. But one of the things that I think we can all agree is that to the extent that we can provide a greater cushion, a greater likelihood that working families with kids to care for have a little bit more room, a little bit more allowance to ensure that those kids are taken care of, even during hard times, between jobs or during a time of health problems. That's the kind of thing that it's my understanding we're going to be talking about tonight, the president's going to be talking about tonight, and that should garner a lot of support across the aisle. Yeah. I would hope so anyway. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I want to sneak in one quick question for you, and uh, we know that there is a uh, a big chunk of change coming to the state of Utah uh, in terms of some of that relief money, and, uh, of course, that will be debated and uh, determined by the legislature uh, coming up here shortly uh, we've, we've been trying to get people to, to focus just a little bit. Um, we always talk about priorities, uh, but we do that with plural. <laughs> uh, apparently, when the word first came around in the 1400s, it was a singular thing. Uh, because if you have 27 priorities, you really don't have any priorities. Uh, so as you look at this money coming into the state, uh, just give us the priority. Where should the discussion about how that money is used, invested, uh, distributed, where should that conversation begin? Well, the, the legislature is the body that comes up with a budget each year. Uh, that's what we are constitutionally required to do as legislators. There are 104 members of the legislature, and every one of them has a hand in putting that budget together. Not everybody's hand is equal, of course. I mean, the leaders of the House and the Senate in various capacities um, are, have the most say. But we'll, we're talking about that. We've been talking about it uh, ever since the American Rescue Plan Act was passed and that money was made available and we knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's quite a bit of uh, consensus about some of the things to spend that on, Boyd. Uh, and, and there's a long list of stuff that it can be spent on. And right. we've been talking with our legislative fiscal analyst office but they're, 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 they're focusing on things like education, things like um, economic development, things like uh, broadband. We want to make sure that there's broadband, not just to rural Utah, although that's critically important, but to all sections that are currently underserved with uh, Internet access right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the list is so long, I wouldn't want to 
just identify just one thing, but boy, we're we're fortunate that we're in a situation where we have the resources in a way right now that we haven't had as much in years in the past from the federal government to address the needs of the U- of the people mm-hmm. of the state of Utah. And I want to make wise choices about how to do that and make sure that those who are in the greatest need, uh, whether they're in rural Utah, whether they're along the Wasatch Front, whether they're young families or whether they're retirees, whether they're uh, you know, regardless of where you live physically, regardless yeah. of race or uh, ethnicity, anything like that. That's we just need to address the needs of working and regular Utahns to the best we can. Uh, fantastic, Representative Brian King joining us. Uh, Brian, always appreciate your perspective, appreciate your voice on Utah's Capitol Hill. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, that's Representative Brian King. I think that's a real critical, real crucial conversation coming up in terms of this additional money coming into the state of Utah and where it should be spent, where it should be invested, uh, where we can actually get the the greatest leverage and do the greatest good, Uh, again, for the the people of the state, whether that's rural, as Representative King said, or whether that's right here on the Wasatch Front with a struggling family uh, or with those uh, aging, homeless, uh, addiction. There's a host of things that we can get to, but it's going to require some real leadership to create the focus of what is the priority. Uh, Because when you begin with that, all the other pieces, I think, will line up uh, pretty well. It's always a leadership question. Uh, So often it leads to financial impact. We're going to talk about the financial impact coming up next. My good friend Charles Mizrahi uh, from New York is going to join us and weigh in on cancel culture and what is happening in the economy. What should we expect coming out of the State of the Union? You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.